0: Worship today, Jesus. You are worthy from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. We give you all glory, Lord, all honor, and all praise. says, God, you worthy. We worship you. you to the going down.
1: greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our soon coming King. We thank God for the privilege, the honor to be able to worship him one more time in spirit and in truth. This is the day that our Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are very, very glad in it. We thank God for Another opportunity to stand before our creator, to stand before his people and share a portion of his glorious word. I want to encourage somebody out there under the sound of my voice that what you are going through is not beyond God's word's ability to fix it what you are going through. It's not beyond God's word's ability to fix it. In other words, whatever we are faced with in this life, whatever the problem, whatever the the situation, whatever the dilemma, God's word has got an answer. God's word is a problem solver. And as we apply the right word from God to our problem, that problem will eventually clear up in the name of Jesus Christ. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know we just finished our most recent topic entitled The More God Gives You, The More God Expects From You, or The More God Will Take From You. And we pray that you all were blessed during that series. Uh, in fact, I know that you were, we give God all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Uh, we're going to look at something here. The Lord actually gave me just a little while ago, we were communing and he placed something in my spirit to share with you all his people and we trust that God is going to bless you real good, uh, as he, un. Unfolds his word to us. God is going to unfold his word to us. You say, Apostle, what you going to say? I don't know, children of God. You know, same way you all are waiting to hear what God has given me to share with you. I got to wait to hear from God what he's going to give to me. But what he placed in my spirit earlier today. And the topic was, the more of you, you have the more problems you will have. Once again, God is talking to us. You know, he first shared it with me. He so said, Robert, the more of you, you have, the more problems you will have. Praise the living God. We want to understand uh, through this series, we want God to reveal to us just what our problem is. Because you know what the things the Lord has in my spirit now is that our adversary would have us to think that our problem is something other than what it really is. Now you got to see the the worldly wisdom in that, or the 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 uh, how that works. If the adversary can convince you and I that our problem is something other than what it really is. Then we will spend our time, our energy, our effort trying to fight against what we think the problem is rather than dealing with what the problem really is. And in doing that, we will never solve the problem. Now, let me let me give it to you in human terms. Let's say that you have uh, a problem in... Uh, your heart. You've got a problem in your heart. That's where the real problem is. But that problem is manifesting itself, or, or, or you are convinced that the problem is in your head. So you buying medicine for your head. You're getting a doctor to look at your head. you you attending to your head. But that's not where the problem is. The problem is really in your heart. So so now you're spending time, you're spending energy, you're spending effort trying to correct the problem in your head when the problem is really in your heart. So all of that time that you spend it working on your head is a waste of time because that's not where the real problem is. The adversary loves to see humanity, you and me, saved, unsaved, righteous, unrighteous, wise, foolish, spending time energy, and effort trying to work on that which is not the real problem. The more of you you have, the more problems you will have. So what God is letting us to know today is that the real problem, as, as terrible as the adversary is, as terrible as demons are, as terrible as rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, spiritual wickedness in higher places are, The real problem is us. The real problem is us. It's you and it's me. All right. Let's see what what God has in store for us. We're going to look at capital A in our outline. Who are we? Who are we? We're going to look briefly at the book of Psalms, chapter 51, with a special focus on verse 5. Psalms, chapter 51, verse 5. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Surely, David says, I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother died conceived me. Again, Psalms chapter 51, verse 5 from the New International Version, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Capital A in our outline. who are we? Who are we? Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify and exalt you. This is another beautiful, beautiful day, Father, that you have made. We are thankful. We are rejoicing. We are appreciative. We want to open our mouths today, Father, and offer up to you the fruit of our lips, the sacrifice of praise. We want to let you know today how great thou art. We want to thank you. We want to appreciate you. We want to reverence you. We want to join in With the heavenly choir that is continuously crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Father, we love you so much. We love you, Father, with the same love that you have bestowed upon us. We reflect back to you a a, a glimmer, a glimpse of the love that you have shown to us. We want to let you to know, Father, that we appreciate the ability to walk, to talk. We thank you, Father, for running water, for electricity. We thank you, Father, for food, for clothing, for shelter, so many things, Father, that, that we don't want to take for granted today. We want to open our mouth and let the world know that you have been good to us. We want you to hear it, Father. We we appreciate you so much. Father, we trust that uh, as we study your Holy Scripture today, you will bless us once again with revelation, insight. You will open our eyes of understanding that we may see more clearly your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Father, forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, which we have so grievously committed against you. And we humbly ask, Father, that you will speak for your people are listening. Different times, different seasons, different times experiences different expectations father you know what we have need of even before we ask we ask that you meet our need today in the mighty name of jesus christ and father as you do these things for us we'll be very careful to give your name which is above all other names all the glory the honor and the praise these and all other blessings we ask in the name of jesus christ our lord and our savior let god's people say amen amen who are we? As we look at Psalms chapter 51, this was a psalm of David, Psalms. The book of Psalms is a group of prayer, praises, psalms written over hundreds of years by many different authors. Individuals were praying to God and at times it got introduced into the Psalms. Individuals were praising God for some act of his might, act of his power, and it at times got introduced or or, or, or brought into the Psalms. Individuals were were psalms the book of psalms so many different individuals so many different experiences at so many different times but they offered up prayer they offered up praises to our creator david has just committed adultery with bathsheba Deep down in his innermost man, he knew he was wrong. He knew that he had offended God. He knew that he had offended men. He knew that what he did according to the Mosaic law meant death. He was supposed to die according to the law. But God was gracious to David. And it is with this backdrop that David cries out to God. David says, have mercy, verse 1, on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. David is asking God for something that every one of us should be asking God for on a daily basis. Have mercy on me, Lord. According to your unfailing love. We want God's mercy. Because without God's mercy, we are finished. Without God's mercy, we would have been dead a long time ago. Without God's mercy, we would never be able to be saved. David, ask, have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Now now keep this in mind. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You and I will either have one or two things blotted out. How many? One of two things we're going to have blotted out. All right. Either our names will be blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. Or erased, scratched out, or our transgressions will be blotted out. based on our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, the question you have to ask yourself, without faith in Jesus Christ, your name will be blotted out. God, 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 you know, it it, would be God's will to save you. God wants to save everybody because it's not his will that any should perish, but that all will come to a knowledge of the truth. But if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then even God won't be able to get his desire, which is to save you. So he had to blot your name out. Now, what the Lord is placing in my spirit now, for years I was a high school teacher. And before the school year would get started or before the students would come to my class, the office would print out a roll computer printout of all the names that were supposed to be in my class. So I would arrange the students according to alphabetical order and and put them in I had 5 squads and I would have, you know, uh alphabetical order individuals seated. Now, sometimes a student would have transferred to another school or transferred to another class or all sorts of different things that would take place. And from time to time, I would have to blot their name out. This student is not no longer at the school. This student is no longer um, in the class. So names would have to be blotted out for various reasons. Now, David says, blot out my transgressions, blot out my sins. In other words, David said, look, Father, I don't want you to blot me out. I want you to blot my sins out. I don't want my name blotted out from your sight. I want my sins blotted out from your sight. You say a pause what you're driving at. Faith in Jesus Christ will cause God to blot your, your sins and my sins out from his sight so that our names do not have to be blotted out from his sight. Faith in Jesus Christ will cause God to no longer see our sins. Not so that God will no longer see us It's the sin we won't blot it out, and not us. It's the sin we want God to see as, as if it never existed, and not us. Scripture talks about how Judas, one who would betray Christ. How did it would have been better for him had he never been born? Well, that reality is that's true for anyone that does not get saved and ends up in hell for eternity. It would have been better for you not to have even been born. So individuals who end up in hell, it's all, it's like God has blotted them out from existence. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that God will never have to blot you out. Never have to blot your name out. Never have to blot you out and behave as if you never, Existed. David said, blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. This right here, children of God, is the process that each one of us is going through on a day, as children of God on a daily and a regular basis. We want God's mercy. We want God's unfailing love. We want God's great compassion. We want God to blot out our transgressions. We want God to wash away our iniquities, cleanse us from our sins on a daily basis. You say, Apostle, why? Because every day we're doing something that God is not pleased with. Every day we're saying something that God is not pleased with. Every day we're thinking something that God is not pleased with. Father, I want your compassion. I want you to blot out my transgressions. I want you to blot out my, my uh, iniquity. And Father, I want you to cleanse me of my sins. David is asking God thousands of years ago for something that each one of us should be asking God for on a daily basis. David, watch this now. Verse, verse 3 is very powerful. David said, for I know my transgressions. David said, I know, I know, I know what I have done. Now, each one of us commits sins of either commission and sins of omission. Let's understand what these two concepts are. Sins of commission, sins of omission. Sins of commission is are the sins that we know we have committed. We know that's wrong. We know God don't that. We did it anyway. We know God did it want us to say that and we said anyway. We know God didn't want us to think that and we thought it anyway. We, the sins of, of co-mission. Now you say, Apostle, what you got in that? As we move closer to God, all of our sins should come down. But especially our sins of commission. In other words, we don't want to be doing a whole lot of stuff that we know God is not pleased with. Our sins of co-mission, sins that we know about. But then we have sins of omission. Sins of omission are things we maybe didn't know that that was a sin. You know, maybe we didn't know exactly. You know that God was displeased. We 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 didn't we re- we legitimately did not know. As we get closer to God, you know, both of these groups of sins will come down because the sins of Omission, because of our love of God, we're gonna be like, no, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to do that because I don't want to offend my heavenly Father. Sins of omission will go down because God will begin to reveal more to us uh, the sins that we didn't even know that were inside of us. David said, "Look, I know my transgressions." In the case of Bathsheba, David said, "Look, this is not something I didn't, I didn't know what was wrong." David said, I, "I knew, I knew this was a this." Was a sin of commission. David knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that God uh, did not want him to do this, but he did it anyway. David said, And my sin is always before me. Now, this is powerful. This is powerful. You and I, children of God, we want our sins to be before us. As we move closer to God, we want our sins. To be before us. You say, Apostle, why would we want our sins to be before us? Because as we move closer to God, the very essence of God, the very nature of God, is going to deal with those sins. David said, I know exactly what I've done. And my sin is always before me. So David said, look, I'm going to keep coming closer to you, Father. And I'm going to keep my sin in front of me because the Bible says that no flesh can glory in his presence. As I come before you, Father, and as I get closer to you, I'm going to keep confessing my sin. I'm going to keep acknowledging my sin so that when I get to you, you won't have to destroy me. Because I've kept my sins in front of me, and as I move closer to you, your presence, your nature, has destroyed my sins. So now when I get to you, my sins is gone, and me and you can have fellowship one with another. I encourage you under the sound of my voice, keep your sins before you. That means means keep them in the light. Acknowledge them. It's human nature to want to hide our sins. It's the new nature that wants to expose our sins. We're talking about who are we? We're talking about our flesh. Our fleshly nature is the part of us that wants to try to hide our sin, wants to try to cover our sin, wants to try to uh, uh, keep it on the down low. The new nature will confess it. The Bible says for us to confess our sins one to another and pray for each other that we may be healed. The new nature wants to keep our sins in the light. The old nature wants to keep our sins in the dark. Old nature wants to do the wrong thing with our sin. The new nature wants to do the right thing. New nature said, look, confess it. Put it on out there. Keep it in front of you. Keep it before you so that God can deal with it. God, David said against you, you only have our sin and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak. Now, now David is not saying that 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 God was the only one that was offended. Now, remember what David did. He had sex with Bathsheba while she was married to Uriah. Took had Uriah put on the front line of the battlefield so that he he would get killed. Then he, you know, wanted to because he wanted to marry. He wanted Bathsheba. God was very displeased with what David had done. And David had sinned against a lot of people. David had sinned against Bathsheba, having sex with her while she was married. David sinned against Joab, had Joab, the commander of the army, putting an innocent man on the front line, basically to to assassinate him or to have him killed. He had sinned against. Uh, he had committed all kinds of sins against against different ones. But what David is saying here is that for the most part, it was God that he, he sinned. Against. Ultimately, that that's the that's the the worst offended party. No matter what we may do to people, ultimately it's God who is offended the most when we sin. This is what David's talking about. He says against and against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. David goes on on here. Now, this is what we want to look at, because we're talking about who are what? We. David said, in essence, here in verse 5, David says in verse verse 5, that he acknowledges his condition in humanity. You say, well, the apostle, why is that important? It's important because every one of us needs to acknowledge our condition in humanity. In other words, who and what we are apart from God. Who and what we are apart from God. David says in verse 5, Psalms 51 and 5, he says, surely I was sinful at birth. Now. That put to death the thought of innocent little children. See, some of us think, you know, little babies born into the world, they innocent. They put all that to death. If we come into this world, children of God, sinful at birth. Now, the reason why we think that little babies is all innocent, little babies is all this and that, because we haven't seen what they will become. God sees what things will become. God says in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, God says, I make known the end from the beginning. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? Hitler was a baby at one time. Killed all them Jews, gassed all them Jews, tried to genocide and kill. Hitler was a baby at one time. Mussolini was a baby at one time. Charles Manson was a baby at one time. In other words, before... But they became, all of what they became, they were little bitty babies. Somebody bounced Hitler on their knee at the little baby. Somebody was, was was giving Hitler little kisses. Little Hitler had a little one-year-old birthday party. But what he became is a whole other thing. Well, what God understands is that what we, the, the, the potential that is in us, whether it is, is good or bad, that be in us from the time we be born. From the time of birth now David who has just committed adultery with Bathsheba David says surely I was sinful at birth sinful from the time my mother conceived me now that now David said look I understand that that when I was born I was sinful but then David got a revelation that, that you and I need to have that from the time our mothers conceived us Meaning that from the time our father's sperm connected with our mother's egg, look at what David said, I was sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Now, some of us be like, oh, so how are you going to say that? Right? What's in the Bible? First thing, I can say what's in the Bible. You and I don't know the end of a thing from the beginning. we be dealing on limited information. God does not deal on limited information. He knows everything. God said, "Robert, tell my people, I know everything past." God says, "I know everything present," and God says, "I know everything future." God said, "Robert, I already know every soul that I'm going to save and spend have and spend eternity with me." You say, Apostle, what you driving at? God already knows everybody that's going to be saved. God already knows everybody That he's going to have to send to been the hand, fire and burning sulfur. God already knows everything. Now, you say, Apostle, well, then if that's the case, then what do we need to do?
0: What we want to do
1: is get as close to God what? as we possibly can. So the Spirit will begin to reveal to us events that are yet to come. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? Uh, I really got a piece. had prophets that prophesied. Hundreds of years, thousands of years before events took place. Well, how could God tell a prophet what's going to happen thousands of years in the future if God doesn't already know what's going to happen thousands of years in the future? Isaiah prophesied about the coming Christ, 700 years before Christ ever came to the earth. Zechariah prophesied hundreds of years, thousands of years before the betrayal of about Judas and what Judas was. God already sees. God said, Look, the same way we kind of looking at things, and we know what's going on in, in, in 2016, God knows what's going to be going on in 3016. He knows everything, He knows what your child is going to become before it ever grows up. He knew where you and I were going to be before we were ever created. God told Jeremiah that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? I want to let you to know that you, under the sound of my voice, you are not a mistake. It is not by chance or by happenstance that you were born when you were born. It's not mistake that you were born, the color you were born, the race you were born. God knew before, long before he ever created the foundations of the earth, that you were going to be born, how you were going to be born, the sex that you were going to be born. God already knew what you were going to do before you ever do it. God knows what you're going to say before you ever say it. God knows where you're going to go before you ever get there. Our God knows everything. Even this terrible sin that David has committed with Bathsheba, the truth of the matter is God already that, uh-huh. said he was going to commit it. You say, Apostle, what, well, what does that mean to me? That means that there's nothing that you or I are going to do, good or bad, that God does not already know. Any blessing that is in your life, God knew it before he gave it to you. Any curse that's in your life, God knew it before He ever he ever allowed it to happen. God knows everything, what, past, hmm? present, come on, and future. So as we get closer to God, children of God, God will re- begin to reveal more of himself to us. He'll begin to re- reveal, reveal more of past events to us. He'll begin to reveal more of present events to us, and God will even begin to reveal more of future events to us. David said, God, you are proved right when you speak. You are justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. And then God comes back. David comes back and says in verse 6, surely you desire truth in the inner parts. Now, uh-huh. what, is, what is that all about? God desires truth in our inner parts. Well, what are our inner parts? Our spirit, our soul our inner man. God wants his truth way, way down on the inside of us. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. Watch what David says. Teach me wisdom in the inmost place. The inmost place inside of you and I as human beings is the, the, the spirit and the soul. Now, we are constructed much like the, the the temple. God even tells us in his word in 1 Corinthians, up around chapter 6, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you see from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. We are, it's not church building. Some of us think, you know, a lot of people, I hear people all the time, Apostle, I'm going to church. I'd be like, What do you mean you're going to church? What we're going to is church buildings. Or we're going to meetings with other Christians. But we are the church, children of God. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. When Christ returns to rapture up his people, he's not coming back and taking any any buildings. Any physical buildings. He's not coming back. He's not taking any uh uh any uh pews, any stained glass window. When God Christ returns, coming back to the you and I. The Bible says you do not know that you, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, you say, Apostle, why is that important? It's important because God is looking at how you and I take care of the temple. How do we take care of the temple? Not how are we sweeping out the church building or how are we watching the windows of the church building. God said, look, in and, and, and Acts chapter 17, God said, I don't live in buildings made by human hands. So you, we can take care of these physical buildings as, as nice as we want to. God said, I'm not living in them. God says, I'm living inside of you, my people. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God. Watch this. We are not our own. We have been bought with a price. We have been bought with the precious blood of of Christ. Now, my spirit is going to to something that many of us as African-Americans have in common here in America. Our ancestors were slaves. Most of our ancestors were slaves. Taken from Africa over here and to the United States and for about 400 and some years our ancestors worked as slaves. Very, very, gas very terrible um, institution. But well, we want to make a point here. Once a slave was purchased, it is, considered property. Of I'm
0: listening. I'm sorry. I'm looking Hold but on.
1: Now, oh, yeah. Here we don't have names like uh, Nizudu huh? or Thank Owami, you. like many of Thank my you. African brothers and sisters over in Africa. We got names. Like, yeah. We got names least, like. That was- like we got names like Brown. Well, what are these names? These, yeah, Brian, I think, has a German, German roots. But these are, these are names that were the names of the slave owners who purchased our ancestors. Now, our ancestors didn't have any rights. They were considered as property. What the master told them to do is what they were expected to do. Where the master told them to go, that's where they were expected to go. Because the master had paid for what? Had paid for them. And so our ancestors were considered the property of the master. You say, Apostle, what is his name? You getting all into black history like that. Well, my father was a black history teacher had a master's degree in it. But the point is this, that you and I are property children of God, of God. We are expected to go where our master tell us to go, which is God. We are expected to say what our master tell us to say, which is God. We are expected to do what our. Ma- we were bought with a price the precious- if you are a child of God under the sound of my voice, you need to understand that you are not your own. You were bought with a price, and the Bible says that we therefore are to honor God with our bodies. Jesus paid for you and me with his precious blood that He shared on Calvary. Now we are his. Now we belong to Him.. And just as slaves, whether they were African-American slaves in America, whether they were Jewish slaves in Egypt, were expected to do what the master said, when the master said it, how the master said it, you and I are expected to say it. But our master, Jesus, how our master, Jesus, said it. For however long our master, Jesus, says it. David teach me wisdom. In the inmost place. Deep down. David said, look, what I need is I need to know how you want me to do things, God, deep down in my innermost being. Teach me wisdom. Teach me. Understand that wisdom must be taught. Let's get that down. Now, now we talked sometime ago about what wisdom is, it's doing what God say. You say, Apostle, what you got now? We got to be taught how God wants things done. You didn't just wake up. One day and know how to tie your shoe, somebody taught you how to tie your shoe. You didn't just wake up one day and and, 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 uh, and know how to, to put your pants on. Somebody taught you. Little bitty babies, they can do very, very little on their own. That's why God make parents, have parents around or have responsible adults around. To teach them and to show them, well, we have been born again, children of God. Now that we are born again, we need to be taught. One of the things that the early saints did in the early church on a daily basis, not on Sunday and Wednesday night, like many of us is doing today. I'm going to church on Sunday. or I'm going to Bible study. That's not how the early church operated. In Acts chapter 2, verse 46, you will find that the early saints, the early church, they didn't meet just on Sunday and Bible study Wednesday. They met every day. Acts 2, 46, every day they, or the saints, continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they devoted themselves, watch this now, they, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostle's doctrine or teaching. So what were these saints saying? These saints were saying, look, we need to, as often as we possibly can, we need to hear from these apostles and be taught how to operate in this new life called Christianity. Now, what did we say the topic was? The more of you you have, the more problems you will have. Well, why? Because inside of us, as children of God, there's two entities in operation. There's the God in us, but then there's the us in us. Now, whichever side is up, the other side is going to be down. Keep that in mind, just like a seesaw. You know, little, little children's ride, they call it a seesaw. One child be up, the other child be down, the other child be up, then that other side be down. Inside of us, there is God, and then there is us. Now, if the God in you and me is on the high side or is up, then that means the us in us or the flesh in us or the sinful nature in us will be down. But if the us in us is up real, real high, then that automatically makes the God in us be down. My encouragement to you under the sound of my voice is lift up the God in you. Let the God in you be on the high side. That the you, the flesh, the simple nature in you be on the low side. David said, as I'm taught wisdom, teach me wisdom, teach me wisdom in the innermost place. Because what David says is, I realize here that my problem is my own sinful self. The problem is my own sinful nature. The problem is my own uh, 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 this sin that was in me from birth, the sin that was in me from the time my mother consented me. And he comes back and yeah. says, and I watch this, David said, God cleanse is so me of this David's to God now. I did oh, God cleanse me? I say, I love your grandparents. Now you said, Apostle, what in the world is Hissop? Hissop was a plant. I don't want to hear no second
0: the voice, voice. It was a, it
1: was no, a plant, plant. But maybe I want not remember it. Jewish. And the yeah. Jews would use the oil from the Hissop or use the, you know, when it would get boiled down, they would use it as a, as a very, an antiseptic, a cough reliever, an expectorant. It was a medicinal plant. In ancient Egypt, some of the, the priests in ancient Egypt would eat the stuff. Now you've got to be very careful with eating it because the oil from hyssop can cause you to go into seizures. Even one or two drops of two or three drops of the oil can cause convulsions in children. So it's, it's very powerful. You can't just take too much of it or it'll mess you up. But if if it's taken in the proper amount and the proper, proper doses, it can do some very good um uh, things for us health-wise. So David said, Cleanse me with hyssop. David knew full well that too much hyssop would kill him, but just enough hyssop would would help him very much. Well, so it is when it comes down to the power of God. Sometimes, so it is when it comes down to the will of God in our life. If we if we get too much. Or even the punishment of God. If we get too much of the punishment of God. Then we mess around and get killed. We mess around and die. But if we get just enough. Just enough of the chastisement of God. Just enough of the punishment of God. Just enough of the rebuke of God. It will do us very, very good. David said, cleanse me with hyssop. And I will be clean. Wash me. And I will be whiter than snow. Yes, sir. Let's hear the joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Now what was happening? David was being punished by God. That business with Bathsheba, that business killing having Uriah killed and, and trying to cover it up, this stuff displeased God very greatly. And and see what we've got to understand as children of God is this. Because God is alive inside of you and inside of me, child of God, anytime God is displeased, we're gonna be displeased. All right, now let me let me let me bring it on to you. And the Lord is flashing uh in my spirit. Now, one of the sisters that is, is about to rent one of the ministry properties has recently had a baby. And you ladies out there, you're gonna be able to bear witness with this uh, uh better than most of us as men. Because when you are pregnant. You have another life inside of you. If something happens, if the baby is not feeling well or feeling fine, it can cause the mother, which is carrying the baby, not to feel well or to feel fine. Or and vice versa. If the mother is not feeling fine or feeling well, it can cause problems with the baby. Why? Because you've got two entities in one body.
0: Hmm?
1: Pregnant woman has two entities. There's the you in that body, and then there's the unborn child in that body. So you all, even though you are two separate entities, you are occupying one body. Well, as children of God, we got two entities occupying one body. As I shared with you all earlier, there's the God in me, and then there's the me in me. There's the God in you, and then there's the you in you. Now, just as when a pregnant woman is pregnant, if something disturbs the baby, it's going to disturb her because the baby's inside of her, and, and she's carrying the baby, and they all both are inside of this one entity. So it is with you and I and God. If something is disturbing God that we are doing, that we are saying, that we are thinking, that we are involved in, and because God is in us, it's going to disturb us. David said, I'm not feeling good here with what I've done because I know that God is not feeling good about what I've done. And David was a man that was close to God. He was a man that was after God's own heart. You said, now, Apostle, bring this, bring this on up until the now. Any sin that we commit to God, it, it upsets God. Well, because God is living in us, when God is upset, it's going to upset us. That's why we be feeling bad when we sin. Because God in us is not feeling good. And because he is in us, we can't feel good. So you say, Apostle, what we got to do? Well, what we got to do is we gotta do those things that please, that are pleasing in God's sight. If you want to feel good out there, child of God, most of us want to feel good. David said, look, I want David said, I want some joy. I want some gladness. Most of us look at verse verse uh, uh verse eight. David said, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. David said, I want some joy. I want some gladness. Then all God is saying to us, because most of us want some joy. Most of us want some gladness. God then says, then do the things that bring me joy. Do the things that bring me gladness. And God says that when you do the things that bring me joy and bring me gladness, God said, because I'm alive in you, my child, I will bring you joy and I will bring you gladness. Thank you. It's no more just me, us, children of God, and then God way off in heaven somewhere. Uh-uh, uh-uh. God filled us when he saved. If you really saved out there, if you really saved. Now, the Bible says if any man has not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Now, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, then this, this word is not for you, what I'm talking about. But if, I, if you really saved out there under the sound of my voice, that means that God has filled your heart with himself you need to understand what happens when you get saved Satan who was uh, 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 in our hearts and and Satan who was, was in our minds you know has had to go once we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior Satan had to go and now God has filled us with himself Yes, sir. God is alive inside of you God is alive inside of me child of God yeah. I'm not feeling real good. I displeased God. And because God is so close yes. to me and all yes. me and God is all wrapped up and all tied up together, because God is not pleased, I'm not pleased. Then God says, if you want to be pleased, please God. If you understand my voice, if you re- if you want to be pleased, please God. As a child of God, if you want to be pleased, if you really want joy, if you really want gladness, if you really want to feel good, really feel, do the things that are pleasing to God. Now, the question now becomes, what does God like? God like his word. So first thing, one of the first things we got, because the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then the Bible comes back and tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So without hearing God's word enough, you're not going to be pleased out of God. Oh, you go out there and smoke all the marijuana you want to smoke. Go have all the sex you want to sex. Go make all the money you want to make. If you are not hearing enough of God's word as a child of God, you're not going to be pleased because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the only way we can get faith is by hearing God's word. And then if we don't have faith, then we don't please God. So we got to have God's word in order to please, in order to get faith. And then we got to have faith in order to please God. So without God's word, we can't please God. And if God is not pleased, then we won't be pleased. then go back to God's word. You say, Apostle, what you saying? God like his word. Some of you all out there on like the sound of my voice, you've been tuning in for years watching this broadcast. Some of you still don't even know why you why you really tuning in. I know why. God knows why. Because the, the 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 your spirit man is crying out for the words of the true and living God. You might not want to admit it. You might want to try to act like it's not the case. Your spirit man, the essence of who you are, the essence of who I am. I know I don't feel just right if I don't if I don't hear from God daily. I don't feel I don't feel right. Why? Because the God inside of me is not feeling right. And if the God inside of me is not feeling right, then I can't feel right because he's in me and I'm in him and we all tied up in this thing together. Uh, some of you are wondering, I just don't, I had one sister tell me sometimes, I just don't, don't feel, feel good. I don't, I don't know why. I was like, I know exactly why. You ain't getting enough of God's word. God's word. People tell us that laughter is like a medicine. If laughter is like a medicine, what do you think God's word is like inside of you and inside of me? It's more than medicine. David was crying out for medicine. Cleansed me with hyssop. Hyssop was used medicinal medicinally. What do you think God's word? God's word is more than medicine. It's more than medicine. And we need it. Give us this day our daily bread. The other Jesus wasn't talking about food. He the same Jesus
0: yeah,
1: the 40 nights. From food, from physical food, what Jesus was talking about was give us this day our word from God. Jesus didn't fast 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't fast from God's word 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted from food. So when he said give us this day our daily bread, Jesus is not talking about fish and bread. He's not talking about a chicken sandwich. Jesus is talking about give us the word that we need today, God. Every one of you under the sound of my voice, whether you are saved or unsaved, you need a word from God, whether you even realize it or not. Come on, saints, we got to close this message. We got one or two things that must be taken care of. So the more of you you have, in other words, the more of that sinful fallen Theater that we operating in, the more problems we gonna have. That's where the problem we got. We got to. We got to get rid of the the us and us, and let the as children of God, and let the God in us shine. Some of you all out there saying, "Oh well, Apostle, I ain't even saved. So how? What? What God is in me? None." Well, first thing you need to do is accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, and that God has risen from the dead, so that He can save you. Then you will have God in you and as you walk more in the God in you you will walk less in the you in you may God continue to bless his people uh thank you all to to uh in prayer lord willing i'll be heading to nairobi kenya very soon for a pastors conference down there and then uh over to uh abuja you are over to Accra, Ghana, actually, to check on some of our churches and the work of God there before uh, traveling to Lagos and Abuja, Nigeria, for some more I May God continue to bless each of you, and heaven smile on you. Uh, let's get some questions for the saints here. What have we got? All right. One of the saints is asking, what is one of the things God... Will never do to us. All right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Number two. What did David understand about his hum- about the human condition? What did David understand about the human condition? Question three. How do we get God? If you could? how? What do we need to do to get God? No,
0: I mean, there are church stock no, thank you. Joel, thank you, Joel. Joel, my Father, let your name be. Thank you, that Let your kingdom come and do what they put. I am an author. Thank you, Joel, for my life. And please forgive my dad, I you, to my death. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Please my not believe in one. Please bring me into temptation. Please do